tourism industry, study abroad has the potential really to serve a function of education. And so we can prepare students and faculty for a changing world. We can emphasize the impact that they can have on the world, and we can really promote responsible travel behaviors. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this episode of World Strides inaugural podcast, Changing Lives Through Education Abroad, a weekly series of conversations with international education's most interesting thought leaders, as well as discussions on emerging trends, best practices, and innovation happening in our field. I'm your host, Zach McKinnis, Senior Director of Campus Partnerships with World Strides, and I'm so excited about today's episode. We'll be talking about how to foster sustainable tourism and responsible travel practice in education abroad and in student travel philosophies. I am pleased to be joined by my friend, Kirsten Shepard. Kirsten is the Director of Global Engagement and Senior International Officer at Maryville College in Maryville, Tennessee, located in the heart of the Smoky Mountains. She has led education abroad at Maryville since 2004. In addition to leading Maryville's internationalization efforts, Kirsten is also an adjunct instructor and teaches sustainable tourism courses in the Outdoor Studies and Tourism major at Maryville College. But one of my favorite Kirsten Shepard fun facts is that she was a professional high diver for seven years and a national level competitive diver for 10 years. Pretty cool. I'm really looking forward to today's conversation. You do not want to miss this episode. Kirsten, welcome. Thank you for being here. Hi, Zach. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to talk to you today. Likewise. Could you start by describing your current role at Maryville College to us? I'm the Director of Global Engagement, as you mentioned, at the Center for Global Engagement at Maryville College. And so we are a centralized office structure here at Maryville College. And so we uh, work with international student admissions and recruitment. We deal with international student support services, education abroad, what I call global engagement. So that's our internationalization at home. And then also our Global Plus program, which is our global learning focus across the curriculum. Fantastic. So it sounds like there's just one or two things going on, huh? (laughs) A few hats. (laughs) Uh, Can you share a bit about the education abroad ecosystem at Maryville College? Yeah. So our education abroad program looks an awful lot like what many programs around the country look like. We've got semester-long exchange programs. We have faculty-led programs that generally happen in May term or during spring break. We call those travel study courses in case I use that language today. And then we also have summer study abroad and internship programs that we partner with a number of different providers for. And so we're sending about 28% of students abroad each year. And I'm quoting pre-pandemic numbers, of course, we're building those back up, but we're seeing increased demand again. So I think we'll get there. That's terrific. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that context with us. So without further ado, let's, let's get into it, to the topic at hand. Kirsten, for those of us who might be a bit less familiar, could you share what the UN Sustainable Development Goals are? Sure. So in Basically, in 2015, world governments agreed on a common 2030 agenda. So that's the target year. By 2030, we want to achieve across the planet 17 Sustainable Development Goals, or SDGs. And so these 17 goals are focused on ending poverty, saving our planet, 
creating a prosperous world for all. And they've been called basically a blueprint for peace and prosperity for people and the planet. So I'll come back to that people and planet today, probably. Um, But there's really five categories. People. So some of the SDGs are grouped into a people category, prosperity, planet, peace and partnerships. That's great. And and so these are truly interdisciplinary and critical (laughs) to our interconnected world, as is our work in international education. How do you see study abroad as a driving force towards reaching these goals, Kirsten? So to answer that, I feel like I need to tie it into sustainable tourism or sustainable travel, right? Because the sustainable development goals cross all types of industries and areas. And so if we think about what's our industry or area, education abroad fits into this category I would call sustainable travel. And so sustainable tourism or sustainable travel is really about um, helping our industry be committed to make a low impact on the environment, on the local culture, and help to generate employment for local people, right? And so I think as an industry, study abroad has the potential really to serve a function of education, right? We're the education field. And so we have a platform to educate. And so we have this great opportunity to use that platform where other industries don't have the same ease of education. And so we can prepare students and faculty for a changing world. We can emphasize the impact that they can have on the world. And we can really promote responsible travel behaviors. And so I really connected in my heart to being sustainable or responsible travelers. What inspired your work in this area? Take us take us on a journey. How did, how did we get here? There's a long journey. I don't even know where to begin <laughs> with that one. I would say it started when I was an undergraduate. So I started out as a kinesiology major and I changed majors. I was one of those people who changed majors so that I could study abroad. In retrospect, did not need to change my major, but I had been working overseas through my degree. And so when I came back, I really wanted to do something with travel. So at the time, the degree options were uh, tourism management, a business degree, or more general education focus. It was called leisure tourism and society (laughs) was what my degree ended up being. And unbeknownst to me, that degree had a sustainable travel uh, flair to it. And so we had to focus on a world area. And we also took several courses related to sustainable development. So I don't think I went into that undergraduate degree knowing that I was going to care about preserving the planet for the future. I just knew I was interested in travel. And so that probably created the spark for me. And then I think it's this idea that I love the places where I work and play. And I think what comes with that is a duty to care for those places um, and keep them for the future. And then finally, I'd say there's a component of this that is tied to that's at the heart of what we do, which is global learning, right? If we think about what we want students to achieve in terms of global competency, we want them to learn how to think globally. We want them to learn how to communicate and behave appropriately, and we want them to act responsibly. And so I think that act responsibly piece, some people might characterize it as global citizenship. I think that's at the core of what we do. And so those are probably the easiest ways I could explain where my interest has come from. 
I've always thought that there's a, there's an interesting connection between outdoor education and, and what we do in education abroad, right? You know, we, they, they actually have some, some lessons I think we as a field can learn. You know, especially as it uh, relates to risk management and and, other, and things like that. So I don't know. Can you speak to that a little bit? The connection yeah. between outdoor ed and, and study abroad? On our campus, we have an organization. It's sort of both its own entity and a campus office. It's called Mountain Challenge. And so this organization on our campus has really has really focused on outdoor education. We have a big tower that students can climb. All of our freshmen will go through an orientation program where they are in the outdoors and they are doing outdoor education leadership activities as an introduction to the college. And Maryville College is located in the Smokies, right? So being part of our place is a big part of who we are. And so that organization on campus, partly because they live and breathe and, you know, explore these places has been a leader on our campus in terms of thinking more concretely about how do we how do we give back to that place that we use and so that includes um, their building is one of the few leeds gold certified buildings on campus and they've created programming to try and engage our student population with that i feel like that's a place i've learned from right? That that's something I've carried with me into my work. But I think it's about this care for the for the places that we're going to. I think when we think about place or sense of place, we've get, we get this feeling for the places that we're traveling to. And sometimes that's about the people and sometimes that's about the environment that we're in and it's all interconnected. So I don't think we can really think about the outdoors disconnected from the rest of the ecosystem, the people that live there, the cultures, the architecture, the built environment. I just think it, both people who are interested in the outdoors and people who are interested in cultures care about the place too. Does that make any sense? That's brilliantly put. (laughs) Yes. Thank you for sharing that. It's fascinating stuff, I think. Um, And and as we think about uh, sustainable travel, what is an initiative that your office or department has developed that is especially creative or one that you're particularly proud of? You know, when I think about that, it isn't always one thing. One of the things I think we've done well is take a lot of intentional small steps to um, focus on sustainable travel, right? So one of those things, I think of it as a small thing, and maybe it's a bigger thing than I imagine, but we have really tried to embed what we're doing with sustainable travel into programming that goes across campus. And so we have a program on campus called Fit Green Happy, and that's a program that was developed by Mountain Challenge that focuses on improving the fitness of Maryville College community, getting people outdoors, and contributing to environmental sustainability, and then fostering happiness. So fit, green, Green is both outdoors and is environmental and then happy. And so what we did is we connected that concept to travel. And that's really how we've embedded sustainable travel on our campus, because this concept is known to students, to faculty and staff. And so it becomes a really easy thing to tie travel to. And it 
people just know what that means when they hear those terms on our campus. And so, for example, we started by asking faculty for faculty-led programs to do some particular actions. It was, I see it as baby steps in, right? We were, we were setting almost a low bar, but we ask them to do three hours of intentional activity a week. And I don't know any study abroad program anywhere that does not have people moving <laughs> three hours a week, right? And then three hours outdoors a week, those things can double dip. And then intentional environmental actions. And so we ask for basically recycling plus one for every program that we're going on as our entry point. And we make that plus one easy by giving all students a reusable water bottle that they can use for their program abroad and then beyond, ideally beyond, right? And then uh, students are doing a pre and post happiness inventory so we can measure the impact of their program, which is maybe less connected to sustainability, but I do think it can, it's connected to ideas of peace and prosperity that are part of the UN Sustainable Development Goals. And so that was kind of our starter point to getting sustainability embedded into programs. And we've really just grown those expectations from there. Um, and I'll say there's a component of this that is connected to my office specifically, which is that we're a fit, green, happy workplace. So my staff has also bought into this idea of doing those same actions, but here at home. So the three intentional hours of activity a week, doing intentional things for happiness, doing intentional environmental actions. And so going paperless, for example, is an example of a green thing that we have done in our office. Sustainability may not initially be front of mind for students who are seeking a study abroad program, right? How can we as advisors introduce this topic to our students and how can it best be balanced among all the other pieces of information that we need to share with students when they're planning for a study abroad program? Yeah, I think we try and cover a lot, right? There's never enough time. There's never enough opportunities to get in front of students. So I think one of the answers to that is embedding it as best as we can into what we're already doing, right? So just as an example, in our program brochures, we use via TRM. As an add-on, we list if if programs are fit, green, happy programs, wow. right? Or if we're partnering, right? So if we were partnering on a faculty-led program with World Strides, as an example. So I definitely use partners as part of our strategy. Um, so if we're partnering with World Strides, I would indicate that the Fill It Forward initiative or the Choose Earth certificate if we're embedding those into our programs, right? So right from minute one, when we are marketing, we're including information about whatever initiatives we're doing. And so for some providers, that's they're doing the carbon offsetting for us. Mm -hmm. And that's important for us from a budget standpoint and balancing equality in giving access to programs. So some of it is that, right? Marketing is one piece, embedding it into pre-departure orientations. For our faculty-led webinars, um, it's one slide. For my semester-long pre-departure class, it's embedded into a whole class, right? So it's there's more of an extended edition. So I think that idea of embedding it to what we're already doing I also have it in our policies and practices. So the commitment forms that students sign, there's a 
conduct expectation that is about sustainability. When faculty are proposing things, I'm asking them to propose things um, with a sustainability lens. So that's probably <laughs> what I would say is the best way to get it in front of students is not to not to try and create I mean, there's creating new. We're doing some creating new, but also embedding it within what we're doing. So it's almost like instead of, you know, just making it an, another thing we need to cover with students in, the, in pre-departure orientation, for instance, like maybe being more intentional about integrating sustainability into the whole operation of what we do. I love that. I love that framing. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense to me. You know, sustainability in education abroad is not yet something that all offices that I work with have had a chance to integrate. What are some small steps that you would suggest to folks who want to get started in this work? Yeah. So the first one I would say is think about the areas that you have control over. So for example, I can't change the mission and values of the whole college. I happen to work at one where sustainability is important. It's a priority. However, I am in control of the mission and core values of my office or for education abroad. And so we have embedded sustainability as a core value within our listing of published core values for the office, right? So that is an easy thing that I could do. Now, I recognize some institutions that there are more channels <laughs> that that has to go through for approval, but it's still, I would say, pretty low-hanging fruit. The second thing is providing educational materials right? If educate is the platform, then if we are educating faculty leaders, for example, creating a paragraph, a page, a section in faculty leader handbooks, that can be helpful. In the learning system, learning management system for students for pre-departure courses, including links and resources in there. Um, and then talking to your partners, right? So if you don't have the capacity internally to do things, and I would say carbon offsetting is a great example for us, that from a budget standpoint, when I look at who our students are, adding a carbon offset charge to our program fees isn't always realistic, even if it seems minimal. And so I can look to our partners to find out what they're doing and advertise that as part of what we are offering to students. So those would be probably three things that people could do right away. That's great. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. Some real, some real concrete examples of what, of what we can do. You know, when we think about sustainability and travel, like I said, our, our minds often go right to our carbon footprint. And, you know, we know that this is a, a crucially important factor. But what else can students and uh, travelers from, from universities do to lighten their environmental impact? Carbon is an important one, right? One of the things we're doing as an example that that's an add-on activity that isn't something we started with, but we're doing now is we've created sustainable impact projects for students before they go abroad. So for example, this spring, we piloted this initiative where to all the students who are going out this summer, fall, and May term, we invited them to participate in sustainable impact projects. And the idea was carbon, but really minimizing carbon isn't as simple as that. And we didn't necessarily have space on our campus to plant trees. So we did an, uh, woods cleanup days. So we partnered with our friends of the college organization on campus and invited students to come and help pull privet and help clean up our woods um, to make a difference, right? To 
be intentional and mindful about giving back to the environment when we're doing something damaging to it. So that's a way to offset, maybe not carbon per se, but offset the negative impact we're making on the environment. I also think students can think about other aspects of environmental damage besides carbon. So thinking about waste, single-use plastics, this is why we give a water bottle, is because we don't want students to be buying water bottles throughout their programs abroad if we can help that, right? And so that's an example where we're trying to reduce single-use plastics. It's something like tourists use three quarters more or double more than single-use plastics than residents do when they're traveling. And so being intentional about what some of those choices are that we're making. And then I think energy is another one, right? We can think about the energy that we're using. And It's the same sort of things that we might do here. I often give students a link that's called the Lazy Person's Guide to Saving the World. That's a UN website. And it has four different levels (laughs) where students can say, okay, what can I commit to? And so like level one is save electricity by not plugging in appliances, right? So some of these things are things we can do in our day-to-day lives, but we can ask students to do them when they're traveling too. Or water usage, you know, depending on where they're traveling. So first of all, I tell them they need to do some research, right? If they're traveling to Australia, they need to be thinking about saving water, right? There's it's a finite finite resource in the world, but also in some places there's a greater impact than others. My brother lives there, so I'm very conscious of the fact that he takes like two minute showers, right? And so we can ask students to be thoughtful about the behaviors they have on different environmental aspects. And then I think we can also ask them to be thoughtful about the impact they're making with people and the impact they're making on local economies. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I oftentimes think of uh, a conversation I had with one of our, our ISA Spain resident directors. He, so he, one time he told me, Zach, the fastest way to identify a study abroad student in Spain is look for that plastic water bottle. Because we are notorious for carrying those around yeah. overseas, aren't we? Um, so it's, yeah, I think it's because also we're afraid term. of water, right? Like yeah, we're exactly. afraid <laughs> of sanitation issues in the world. And sometimes that's real that there are serious concerns about water quality, right? And that's part of the issue, right? That it's unequal. Climate justice is a real thing, that there are people that don't have access to clean water on a day-to-day basis. But there are other ways around that, right? It doesn't, the only solution is not to carry around those plastic water bottles. Absolutely. And I was thinking about, you know, conversations I've had with, with folks from overseas where, you know, utility bills can be quite high in a homestay, mm-hmm. for instance, when students are in, in parts of Europe and thinking about electricity or water, whereas, you know, in the United States, you know, sometimes we can take it, take for granted that, that type of thing. But just, you know, being respectful with your saying with the host family in particular and not leaving the shower running for, for 10 minutes before you hop in, you know. Yes. Um, and I've, I've just loved what you said, Kristen, about um, embracing place um, and loving the places where we work and play, right? Um, yes. That's that's really going to stick with me, I think. And so how can we as international educators um, position our students to have a positive impact abroad in their host communities and to engage in responsible sociocultural behaviors during that time abroad? Yeah, so I think we are really well positioned for this, right? Um, 
particularly to have a positive impact abroad and to engage in, um, you know, as you said, responsible sociocultural behaviors. So I like to think that, um, you know, this is something that we do and we need to do a better job of making some of the connections to preserving people and planet for the future. So if we think about sociocultural sustainability, we're trying to do two things. One, this is the part I think we're already consciously doing as international educators. We're trying to promote cultural exchange and preserve local traditions. I think we do better about the promoting the cultural exchange and have to be intentional about preserving local traditions. But we do this by using language like living like a locals. We're trying to provide authentic, genuine experiences for students. But I think we can potentially be more thoughtful about minimizing negative impacts. So some of the negative impacts of travel relate to congestion and overcrowding. We've heard a lot about over-tourism, um, increased crime, just the fact that we're introducing new language and values when we're traveling. And so I think the education piece of what we're doing can be really helpful in helping students make um, make choices, like think about the decisions that they are making while they're traveling. And so I have questions that I often, I frame them as tourist choices or traveler choices, right? And so when they're making decisions about when they're traveling, which one's locally owned? You know, that has a positive economic sustainability benefit, it has a positive sociocultural benefit. Um, it addresses particular sustainable development goals related to no poverty and decent work conditions. Which one, which hotel, which hostel, which Airbnb is more eco-friendly, right? What's the more eco-friendly way to use transportation? Um, which one employs local people? Like, any of the businesses that we're frequenting, um, we can make these questions, right? Um, which one is more sensitive to the impact it's having on the local community? Um, so I th I'm asking these as kind of broad general questions, but, you know, any topic we're talking about with students, I think making them aware that they're making little decisions on a daily basis and they can be thoughtful about those. Oh, that's great. Um, yeah, thank you for sharing that. Um, yeah, thank you for sharing that. Even even just that whole that connection over over that many years, that it really you kind of fall into a rhythm of of, of working with a partner um, yeah. on shared goals and, and values. So I love that. Um, you know, as you think about our our field, uh, Kristen, and, and and specifically through the lens of of sustainable travel, I'm curious to hear from you what you think we still need to work on. Uh, like, what's next for us? <laughs> um, so where is there where is there room for growth? Uh, in terms of improving our work as a field in this area? Such a good question. And so many things, right? <laughs> I feel like we're just scratching the surface of this. Um, on the one hand, I think it's been embedded in everything we do, particularly if we're thinking about the three pillars of sustainability, the sociocultural, the economic, and the environmental. I think we've been doing the sociocultural 
all along, even if we haven't been using those words, right? We're caring about the people and the cultures and preserving culture and learning about culture, immersing ourselves in the culture. We've been doing that. Um, We've also really been the origins of the slow travel movement, right? That actually I got into education abroad from tourism because I was looking for the most sustainable way to travel. And I think education abroad is that, that I see myself as still working in tourism in a lot of ways. So we've got a good foothold. I, I want to honor that, right? We're doing great at some, some parts of this. Um, and I think there are places where we can look for intersections with the diversity, equity, and inclusion work that we do, particularly around climate justice, right? About the inequities, the disproportionate impact on certain places and peoples, um, and how are we working to address those things? I think that we can build more programs that knowledge share across borders, for example. Um, that thinking about that platform as what we do is education, how can we do that in concrete ways in terms of content? And also then how can we do that in terms of the practices we're doing when we travel? I think we can put a lot more funding towards it as an industry, for example. Absolutely. For those of us who are still developing our expertise in this topic, are there any resources that you would recommend to international education professionals to, to learn more? Yes. So Google's always our friend, right? We can find (laughs) lots of great ideas out there from our friend Google. But the Forum on Education Abroad has a great document on advancing the UN Sustainable Development Goals through Education Abroad. CANI, the Climate Action Network for International Educators, is another resource I've used, and that's uh, an international partnership network. NAFSA, of course, uh, I've read several great white papers, for example, from NAFSA on sustainability and international education. And then kind of off the international education track, I would say kind of following that sustainable development goal track would be another one. And so there's, I use a website that's tourism and SDGs. That's an easy Google where it really connects the sustainable development goals to tourism. And so there's some connection, some leap that needs to be done from there to international education specifically. But I actually think that's work we need to do too, looking at the 17 goals and going, okay, what can we, what can we do better in our industry goal by goal? Using a tool like that, I think it's a good starter point. I don't like starting from scratch on anything. So if somebody's done it, I want to I wanna still use with permission, of course. Absolutely. As we look forward to the end of the academic year and start thinking about summer, because it is around the corner, that is often with many of us in international education, either have professional travels lined up or perish the thought, even personal travels and vacation. What are some ways that we as international educators can embody these values of intentionality when we travel ourselves? Yeah, so I think we need to do anything we're asking students to do, right? Um, and I I know for myself, there are times when I'm better at that than other times, right? That even, even the making photocopies of my passport before I go, right? All the little <laughs> things that we are like given, we're like, you must do this. So I think being intentional and mindful about the decisions we're making, the choices we're making, um, I think we... We live in this place where it feels a little like hypocrisy that we get on planes and travel to other parts of the world and yet 
that's aviation is one of the places where there's so much carbon put into the environment. Um, so I think we can make choices about when do we when do we need to travel and when don't we need to travel. But I also think then once we're there, so if we're going to take that flight somewhere, um, what are ways we can minimize our impact beyond that? So using public transportation when we get to places, doing research before we go to find out what are the issues that impact that place. Doing things that we do for our faculty-led program design, like look Looking for businesses that empower women, that helps with the sustainable development goal around inequality across genders. So doing the research so that we can make some plans and then looking at where are we spending our money? Are we buying local? Are we looking for authentic experiences that are helping preserve cultures? or languages, for example. And so I think there's a lot to this that is just about being mindful. And so as we, we begin to, to wrap up here, Kirsten, I have just one more question for you. You know, as you think about our field in, in 2023, and especially as it relates to this topic, what makes you hopeful? One of the things that makes me hopeful is that our field is filled with amazing humans who deeply care about other humans and I think the planet as well, right? And so we've got the heart to put the work in to this. And we are natural educators, natural advocates. And one of the things we've seen, um, I'll use the National Parks example. One of the reasons they were created was really to preserve them, right? And so getting people out into the world and getting people out into the into nature, into the outdoors, is one of the things that makes them care more about it. And so the work we do is all about getting people out there. And so that is going to lead to more people caring. And that's why I think I have a whole lot of hope is because the more people that we can get to create that mutual exchange, I think it's going to lead to more peace. I think it's going to lead to more care for the world and the planet and responsible citizens. Well, I can't imagine a better place to end this conversation than right there. Kirsten, thank you so much for being here. This was just such a delight of a conversation. Yeah, I really enjoyed talking with you, Zach. Really interesting ideas. Likewise. You know, every time I, I talk with you, I learn something. So I, I so appreciate you. And to our listeners, thank you so much for joining us for this episode of Changing Lives Through Education Abroad. I'm your host, Zach McGinnis, and please make sure to join us next week as we continue to explore topics around international education and exchange. Thank you to my spectacular World Strides colleagues, Lindsay Kelchner and Sarah Kachuba, without which this podcast would not be possible. Please subscribe to Changing Lives Through Education World on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. And do share with your friends and colleagues. Let's create life-changing moments together, people.